passing by the primate area one day, a zoo attendant noticed that the chimpanzee was sitting on a rock with an open book in his hand. Well, of course, the zoo attendant looks around and looks at the and he looks at the chimpanzee and notices the chimpanzee is looking at one book and then at the other. Upon closer examination, the zoo attendant identifies the book that is in the chimpanzee's hand. One is the Bible, the other is Darwin's origin. Curious, so the zoo attendant walks up and asks him, Hey, what's with the book? Kip replies, Well, I'm trying to decide whether I'm my brother's keeper or my keeper's brother. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, tonight's message is entitled The Voice of the Lord. We're coming out of the book of Psalms, chapter 1 of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, we come today in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for the opportunity to be in your house for this evening. Bless us. Thank you for what you're doing. Here at Rock Sandy Baptist Church, we continue to grow us, we continue to protect us, we continue to prune us, Father God, that we might bear fruit that your name will be glorified and magnified and lifted up on high. I also pray, Father God, that you'd edify us tonight, equip us, encourage us, and only you can. And I pray, Father God, that whatever said here, prayed here, preached here, taught here, will be glorified and lifted up on high. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The voice of the Lord. If you were given that phrase, what would come to mind? The voice of the Lord. How many of you, please don't raise your hands, but how many of you know the voice of the Lord? Most of us would say, Amen, we do. And let me tell you something right now. If you do not know the voice of the Lord, you are in trouble in your Christianity. My Bible tells me in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, that his sheep know his voice. If you don't know the shepherd's voice, you're in a relationship problem and you need to get saved. You need to get a relationship started with so let's begin with the voice of the Lord. Let's see again this time, please. We're looking at Psalm 29. Psalm 29, we're looking at verses 1 through 11. It's a small psalm, as I said earlier, full of small ones like that. Uh, but this one is a, a very interesting psalm. I'm going to share this with you. Starting in verse 1, the Bible says, the Psalm of David, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes the mosques skip like a bat. Lebanon is Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in the temple, everyone says, Glory. The Lord sat throne at the flood, and the Lord sits the king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Wow. Observe the repeated phrase inside of Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord. And please don't. I put the emphasis on that. If I had the ability to do so, it would say something like this. The voice of the Lord. But you're not exactly having that same thrill that I want to have. I love those big voices. If you could hear God's voice audibly, what do you think it would sound like? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've heard God's voice a few times in my lifetime and in my ministry. Not as much as I would like to say. I would love to say, like Moses, I've heard his voice over and over and over again. God saying that, spoken to me. I'd love to be able to say that, but truth is, I can't. I am not a prophet, no 
preacher, not just a preacher, I am an evangelist. That's my job, is to put a fire inside of you to go out and win the lot. My job is to equip you, to encourage you, and to edify you to get off of your bullhunkers and get out there and win those souls. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, that's what it's there for. That's what we're there for, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And for far too long, the church has been idle. And because we've been idle, moss is growing now where we should be a rolling stone, where we should be moving, we should be grooving, we should be doing the will of God. The voice of the Lord, if you can hear it, might have something to say to us. In fact, I'm guaranteed that God has much to say to us. Someone once told me there's 66 books of what God has to say to us in your Bible. Pick it up and start reading. And let me tell you, the focus of almost every one of those books is that we share the gospel book. Everybody we need. We share the law of God. Everybody we need. So please observe the repeated phrase inside of Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord. David is talking about the voice of the Lord. I want to share with you a few times I've heard God's voice. Number one, this was the second time I've heard God's voice in my life. This is the first one I'm going to share with you. Though. Thank God. I heard it the first time I heard God's voice today. I met Jesus. He spoke to me as clear and audibly as I am speaking to you. And I believe, I will never not believe there is a God in heaven. He has one and only Son, Jesus Christ, and He's got the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you right now, the Bible is true, it's infallible, it's inspired, and you don't need to fool to saying God is in control of that. Now, the second time God spoke to me is the one I'm going to share with you. I was at Hurricane in my undergrad. And I remember that you and I had begun praying. We began praying and praying and praying and praying about what God would have me to do. See, I left out of this church feeling a little bit, a little bit discouraged. Now, when I say discouraged, people take it the wrong way. Nobody was mean to me. Nobody was uh, different or backwards to me or anything of that nature. No, I felt like no one else understood what I was going through. I talked to my pastor. My pastor said, I don't know what you're going through. I don't understand. This is what I do. This is how I do it. I don't know what God is calling you to do. And I began to realize my ministry was going to be different than His ministry. And so God. In that, I believe that each and every one of us are called to different ministries. How about you know this? Your ministry is a little bit different than my ministry. Come on, say amen. It's, it's different with each and every one of us, a little bit of that. And I began to notice that. However, my pastor did encourage me with this statement right here. He said, hey, when you get to your first college, you're going to be surrounded by people who are like you, and you're going to find yourself in church. See, I had this overwhelming desire to win the lost. I couldn't go anywhere without my heart breaking and bleeding for the lost people. I began thinking about them. I began worrying about them. I began praying for them, crying out for them. God, there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus. I'd get up in the middle of the night and take myself over to Metroplex Hospital and say, who needed a preacher? And I would drive up in there and I would feel that call and I would feel that need to go. I was in Walmart, H&E, 7-Eleven, McDonald's. It didn't matter where I was. Out of the streets in the city park, preaching and telling somebody, there is a God in heaven. His name is Jesus Christ and He's coming back soon. Some of the others were hiring. They wanted doctoral degrees. They wanted uh, master's 
important. And I don't believe I have to reiterate this to you, but I'm going to just to be on the safe side. John 10, verses 4 and 5 tell us about God's people knowing God's voice. David knew God's voice because David listened to God. Look at me in John 10, verses 4 to 5. But when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. They will flee because they don't know the voice of strangers. They do know his voice. And so, back to the very first question I had for you. Do you know God's voice? And if you don't know God's voice, you've got a problem in your relationship with God. And the Bible tells us about that in John 10, verses 4 and 5 here. So let's move on there. Can I have the next one, please? John 8, 47 actually reiterates that for us in a more powerful way here. He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. And incidentally, if you have an old King James, old King James translates that one a lot better. It literally says, he who is of God hears what God says. The reason why you don't hear what God says is because you do not belong to God. And that's your question. Do you hear what God says? I'm not talking about being a prophet. I'm talking about, do you hear what God says? And incidentally, wrote them out for us in Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is upon the water, verse 3. So I want you to begin speaking right now in your mind's eye, in your heart's eye, uh, of God's voice over the water. And you should be thinking of Genesis chapter 1, where we have this story of creation so vividly laid out for us, where the Spirit of God hovers over the face of the deep, and God speaks and says, Let there be light. And the voice of God goes over those deep waters, goes over that void, goes over top what was anarchy, and makes order. God's voice has very few. Do you have something in your life that needs order? Do you have something in your life that needs God's voice to be spoke to it? Then you need to let God start working in your life, hovering over top of what is disordered in your life. Let me tell you something. When you let God move in, you're going to find out that the uncreation or the chaos moves out. Have you heard that before? Have you heard that old phrase before? When the going gets tough, the tough get going. But I want you to know something about God. When we let God in, can we find out that God brings order to things that are Think of God hovering over the face of the deep. Think of Him face, uh, hovering over the face of the waters. And in Genesis 1, He begins speaking there. And I wonder what that voice is like. I wonder what it sounded like when it said, Let there be light. Incidentally, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness. And so I wonder what it was like when God created the heavens and the earth, and there was darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And light came out of that which is light, lighting up the whole world. You ever thought about the speed of light?
voice of the Lord is powerful. Powerful. God's voice is powerful. Not only does he speak and create light over the face of the deep, over the waters, you think about David reading that story. God's voice is over the waters. David also talks about God's voice is powerful. How powerful is God's voice? Have you think about the voice of God? It's so powerful that when he speaks, demons shudder. It's so powerful that the written word of God makes demons shudder. It's so powerful that when he spoke and said, let there be dry land, up immediately out of the waters came the land and said, water, get up off of me. I'm rushing to obey God the Father. Think about speaking dry land and spiritually in Genesis 1. Somebody once told me, Pastor, you have to be careful about the things we say because we create things in people's lives. I want you to know you have no power to create. You have none whatsoever. The only thing you can create is your own personal problem. Somebody say amen. That's all we can do. We can create problems. We can create friction. We can create disharmony. But we have no no power to create anything. If you don't believe me, sit down and try it tomorrow. Sit down and try it tonight. Say, let there be and see if it appears. Because I can tell you many and many and many of Christians have sat down in their house and said, let there be a million dollars tonight. And it still ain't there. Well, I guess that means amen in the Baptist church. Many of them, and not just non-denominational the Pentecostals, but Baptists as well. God, pay my bill. God said, that's what works for. We need to go to the church. The voice of the Lord is powerful. David says that. He heard the voice of God. He was one of God's sheep. Not just that, but I often think about David being the shepherd, and his voice had the power to turn that herd of sheep. His voice had the power to make that wolf stop in his track. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had a dog coming upon you, a dog that didn't look so friendly, and you said, Stop! Have you ever heard the old Christian comedian? His name is Jeff Allen, wonderful, funny man. He talked about how he was learning to go jogging one day. Somebody bought him a book on how to go jogging. And he was mystified that someone had written a book on jogging. Not just that, but a book that was super thick on it. He said, what's the know about jogging? You run, you get tired. He's like, so I started reading this book. And I was like, just in case I didn't know how to jog. And he was like, well, there I am skipping again. i got to go back to running. And the book clarified it for him. He said, but there was a chapter on what to do with the dog. Comes up to you. He said, the book told him very clearly. When a dog is running up to you, you stop, you stamp your foot in front of that dog, and you say, Stop! And the dog will stand. That's the power of your voice. And Mr. Allen said he was out running. He was in North Dakota. He said it was so cold, he actually thought about committing suicide while running. He said, Lord, help me to get back to where I was starting at. He said, All of a sudden came a dog running. He said, It was a tree that was back. He was zipping and he was motoring. He said, all that came back in my mind was, stop your foot and say, stop. And he said, I did. And sure enough, that three-legged dog stopped his foot, stared right at me, and then committed to slowly keep over. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things you've ever seen. My point is this, though. Voice is going to be powerful. Your voice is going to be powerful. But God's voice is extremely powerful. Think about God speaking dry land and see distance. And God said, let there be land. There was land. And God says, let there be light. There was light. When God says, let the trees come forth, the trees come forth. When he says, let animal kind come forth, they came forth. His voice is that power. Let's take a look at our next slide. So when you take a look at the power of God's voice, what do you think about it? 
What do you think about how powerful his voice is? Let there be dry land, and there was. In Genesis 1, 9 and 10. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land Erech. And the gathering together of the waters he called said King David as he wrote the psalm out there as a shepherd. As he watched the power of his voice direct his sheep, as he watched the power of his voice stop the wolf, as he watched the power of his voice scare the lion and the bear and the marauding Bedouin raiders between the fierce people. the voice of the Lord is So what do you think about when you hear the voice of the Lord? Let me tell you there's one voice I want to hear. I can't wait to hear it. So look at me in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 18 as we take a look at the majesty of God's voice. Could you imagine hearing this one right here? For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. I cannot wait to hear that voice. I can't wait to hear what is said. But I want you to know something. I need you to hear this. A lot of us think we're going to hear that voice. Oh, let me tell you, the whole world's going to hear that voice. But only those who obey are going to be the ones rising up. If you're disobeying right now, if he were to call right now, you'll disobey when he says come. You'll still be disobeying. Those that are in the grave, that will hear his voice and say, I didn't go then, I ain't going now because I like where I You need to understand the power of the voice of God. And it begins when you start obeying it, when you start listening to it. Listen again at 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. That shout, we don't really know what he's going to say, but I speculate, I think, and I think a lot of people agree with me, the voice going to come out is the word, hallelujah, because that's the word that means the same in every language on this earth. And that means praise the Lord. And one of these days, the angel is going to come down Jesus is going to be there, and there's going to be a shout, and there's going to be a trumpet, and the angels are going to come down, and we which are dead in Christ will rise. I can't wait to go. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in verse 18, comfort one another with these words. How majestic is his voice. Let's take a look at the next slide. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar. Verse 5. Breaks the cedar. You know when I was writing this sermon, I couldn't help but think of Daniel. Daniel stood in those mighty Babylonian and Persian king's palaces that were made with cedars of Lebanon. And I thought about the voice of God breaking in, saying, Nebuchadnezzar, you have not humbled yourself, and for that seven years you'll be out in the field acting like a wild animal. The voice of the Lord breaks in. Look at this, 1-19, 11-12. I love this one right here. Then he said, this is God speaking to Elijah. Go out and stand. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, God speaking to Elijah. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks to pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, still, small, Still, Burden, and I will give you rest. 
that voice that says God so loved the world, that voice that says you can be forgiven, that voice that says you can be remade and renewed, that voice that says you can belong to God, you can be one of His children, that voice, that still small voice that's speaking right now. Let's take a look at our next song. The voice of the Lord hews outside of you. Flames of fire. This is verse 7 inside of Psalm 29 here. Think of Mount Sinai. Think of Mount Sinai as God descended, giving Moses the Ten Commandments. He comes down with fire. He comes down with thunder. He comes down with sounds of trumpets. And the people are frightened. Let's look at the next part. Here, uh, this is Exodus 19, 16 and 19 here. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And sound of trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. God's voice rang fire. I want you to know something. God's truth burns up every single life. God's Word has a way of removing anything in the world that stands against it. And nothing in the world can match up to its heat. Nothing in the world can match up to its truth. Nothing in the world can remove it. The Word of the Lord endureth forever. Next slide, please. That's it? Oh, thank you. Now, Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. The smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain was quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long, it became louder and louder. Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. I believe God still doesn't answer by voice on occasion. There's not as much as we want to. I do believe God's looking for those people, though, who are completely devoted to His Word, completely devoted to His church, completely devoted to His ministry, and God is still speaking to them. Let's take a look at that next one. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. This is verse 8. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calve and strips the forest bare. Verse 9. And I didn't pull out the picture for you because I knew I'd be running out of time there. But I want you to think of the picture of God's voice shaking the wilderness. And when you think of wilderness, you're thinking of the trees, aren't you? You're thinking of, of trees and animals. And really, in wilderness, in biblical times, you should be thinking of desert. You should be thinking of sand. You should be thinking of rock. You should be thinking of, of scorpions and snakes. God's voice shakes the barren void. God's voice terrifies that which is harsh to us. Here in Texas, I learned quickly when I first moved here from Germany that you don't walk in Texas yard barefoot very long. Somebody say, Amen. Everything in Texas has a sticker, a thorn, a sting, or something on it. We even have caterpillars here that if you pick them up, you're going to regret picking that caterpillar up. I promise you, it'll make you think twice about ever picking them up again. We've got something for everybody here when it comes to noxious, poisonous animals and insects. The Bible tells us the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. When God speaks, even the desert places, even the place where the bad things are, shakes and trembles. The voice of the Lord also makes the deer to calves and strips the forest bare. Look again in verse 9 here. Makes the deer to calves. When God speaks, the deer gives the how wonderful is that? When God speaks, something beautiful happens. We also think about how powerful and majestic the voice of God is. It's also so beautiful. So beautiful, it brings life. It brings health. It brings something renewed. It brings renewal. The Bible also says, in verse 9, it strips the forest bare. Strips them bare. The picture image and nothing can hide from God's voice. Nothing that won't be revealed by the word of God. Let's take a look at the last slide here. 
more the response to God's voice. So everything in the temple, remember in verse 9? It grows. We got to see what God's voice does. Now you get to see what your voice can do. Glory. Glory. That's what we're trying to do. We have but one purpose, and that is to worship God Almighty. We're here for one reason, and that is to worship Him alone. That's our job. That's what we should be doing. And we should be doing what the Bible tells us here in Psalm 29 and verse 9. And that starts saying glory in the house of God. Glory to God Almighty. Glory everywhere we go. Glory in everything we do. Glory in season and out of season. Glory to God Almighty because He is worthy to be praised. See the words of your mouth, thoughts of your mind, the actions of your life, the glory your Lord. Do they? Lord, like the video we watched earlier, Well, I don't necessarily have that goal with picture. Let's take a look at our last time. You saw from the video clock you see that now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Anger, wrath, wrath, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. More and more you become closer to Christ, the less you have that you have to this new thing. Look at Matthew 12, 36 to 37. I say to you that for every idle word, and of course you heard correctly in our video, thoughtless word. How much you know that word there? Right there in Matthew 12, every idle word, the Greek word, word there is logos. The same one we find in John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. I want you to know that word doesn't just mean word. It means logic. We get our word logic from So it doesn't just mean every idle word. It means every idle By your word, by your logic, you justify, by your word, you will be even asked. That's your question. Have you heard the voice of the Lord? Hope you say yes. If you do, you need to do what the Bible says. The Bible tells us in Romans 10 and verse 13, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you willing to call upon him? Are you willing to let your word proclaim? Remember Romans 10, verse 9? To believe in your heart, confess in your mouth, the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. Are you willing to confess Jesus this evening? Pastor said, Pastor, I am a Christian. But I got convicted. I started talking about idle words. Because it's coming out of my mouth, I wouldn't be very Christian. Well, that's the problem in your relationship with God. That means you are seeing something more important than God. That means you are looking at Worldly and saying, I'd rather have this than God. I'm going to say something about God, and I want you to listen very closely. The Lord our God, He is a judge. And we need to do the right Right now, you willing to come. Talk like the prophet said to Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. Your word is fixed and it's powerful. It's perfect in the inspiration of that day, right now. Father, so many those that listen to us tonight and need to get their walk right with you. Would you let tonight be that night? Today, prayer to you. Be glorified and let us do what your word says. Cry, glory. That's what we want to do, Lord, as your children in your temple, in your church.